right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Laying Up Podcast. Solly here. Got our annual, usually fall, interview with Justin Thomas coming up here shortly. Uh, we used to do these in the fall. I think we 2020, we did it in March, I guess, or April when, when COVID hit. We kind of moved everything up. But always good to catch up with him with everything that's been going on with him uh, over the past year, which we go into great detail. Ryder Cup, uh, players win, everything everything you can imagine over the next uh, over the next hour or so. Great conversation with him. A note ahead of Veterans Day. Bunkers in Baghdad has recently surpassed 1 million clubs shipped to U.S. military station around the world. And if you're not familiar with it, Bunkers in Baghdad is a 501c3 charity that focuses on shipping golf equipment as a form of recreation for military in over 70 countries. Callaway is a proud partner of Bunkers in Baghdad, and to date, Bunkers in Baghdad has shipped over 11 million golf balls. Callaway is thankful, appreciative, and humbled by the service of our military members. Callaway's military appreciation initiatives take many shapes, including a military discount, product donation, monetary donations, and unique custom-fitting programs. And if you didn't know this, if you have somebody from the military in your in your family, or if you are a military veteran yourself, Callaway offers a 15% off on purchases at CallawayGolf.com for all active reserve retired and military veterans. Just verify eligibility with ID during checkout to get 15% off Callaway purchases at CallawayGolf.com. That's a year-round discount, not just around Veterans Day. Aside from the obvious appreciation for our veterans this Thursday and every day, be sure to learn about the amazing work done by organizations like Bunkers in Baghdad and Birdies for the Brave, among many others. Without any further delay, let's get to our conversation with Justin Thomas. Bones on the bag. As someone that I would like to pride myself that I speak to both of you pretty often, I did not see that one coming. How did that one unfold? I, I think I even remember getting a text from you or just maybe you sent me the screenshot or whatever it was and you just are kind of like question mark, exclamation and just a bunch of them. And um, yeah, it, it was it definitely caught a lot of people by surprise and off guard. But, you know, Jimmy was just at a, at a point where he, you know, he wanted to go a different different way. And, and I mean, hey, I respect that. It doesn't matter. I mean, people... I thought about it a lot, especially the the time off that I had is that, you know, nobody ever thought, you know, Tiger and Stevie were going to break up or Phil and Bones were going to break up. And it's like, and our run was, it was really good, but it wasn't anything close to those kind of guys or the amount of time and all great things come to an end. I mean, Jimmy and I still have a great relationship and friendship, um, which I'm glad that it happened that way. You never want it to get so far down the road where it gets ugly when you two are good friends, but no, it wasn't, it was an easy decision an easy call to Bones. It unfortunately wasn't the best timing as is he was going through the uh, maybe the extension or renewal um, with with Golf Channel. And I've I've really did enjoy listening to him call golf. I thought he did better than anybody, um, you know, especially from the golf he was calling. But I'm glad to hear that he's only calling mine uh, now on my back. Well, it, he was never shy about the fact that he was oh, he's a caddy. I'm a caddy doing TV, and I think everyone kind of knew for the right bag he would do it. And it seemed like there was only a couple guys he would, would do it. And it, it, he, you've had trial runs together, right? So what is someone like him? I mean, Jimmy had obviously a ton, a ton, a ton of experience, but what is someone like him? What does it change for you? Does it change anything having somebody like him carrying the bag? Uh, I mean, I, I don't think in terms of – 
it's hard to say because they're just different. I mean, you know, they're both, they're very, very different people. You know, Jimmy's very quiet and, and, and would, was very even keel and his emotions stayed very similar all the time. I mean, I, I remember seeing so many videos of, uh, of past shots or big putts or whatever it was and Jimmy in the background. And, you know, I'd maybe make some like 25 footer on the 15th or 16th hole to, to take the lead. And he'd just kind of be standing there with the, the pen and not even moving and hand it to the caddy. And it's, it's stuff like that, that it's just like, that's Jimmy, you know, if somebody else watched it, they'd think, oh, he doesn't care. But I'm like, that's just how he is. Whereas, you know, Bones is, is a little bit more fiery, kind of like I am. And I think that um, we might be able to feed off of each other a little bit there. But, you know, the fun part for us is that we had some of those trial runs and we did work together. But unfortunately, just from where I was at, we knew that it wasn't a long-term thing and it, it I mean we obviously had an end goal and I respected that so much from Bones is that it's very easy for a caddy if they're just going to come in for a couple weeks or one tournament to where it's like you know I just got to get through this week but I mean it was like every tournament he was acting like you know this is the guy I'm going to have for the rest of my career and like let's this is a stepping stone we got to get better this week and I, I just I really respected that I mean I don't even know if I've told him that um directly like that uh but it just I, I remember thinking it was really impressive how serious he took even the one week he would caddy for me uh let alone kind of the stretch of whatever it was like four or five we had last year so it's been fun I mean we we're learning it, it's you know we're having conversations whether it's after every round after every tournament to kind of be like you know what can we do better what can I do better him and uh hopefully we'll just keep improving this is is a directed at golf in general much 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 more than it would be Jimmy or anyone else necessarily but it always blew my mind for the last you know four years whatever it's been that there are masters being played and bones is not on the bag for somebody like that that guy has seen that course from every possible angle every possible putt and committed it all to memory and it just seemed like there you know he was going to be able to help somebody around that golf course at some point <laughs> yeah yeah it's funny i i actually still still have them actually i want to i'm curious to, to look and see when it is but i called bones i think it was before my first masters and i just asked him let's see where is it it must have been in 17 so before the 18 masters because i felt like i loved that course i knew it and obviously jimmy knew it well but it was just like same reason if i asked tiger or freddie or something if I can pick out one thing that Bones tells me throughout the golf course, then it helps us, then it, it helps all of us. So I, I called him and we went through and I have some notes on my phone of him <laughs> kind of, you know, going through some of the things that they noticed out there. I know he's excited. We've talked about that. And uh, we're definitely going to try to find a time that we can go take a trip so we can he can kind of watch me play around that place. Love that. So you obviously won the players in 2021. Was 2021 by your own however you review your game was 2021 a good season for no, you no no i was uh very poor i would say what was poor i mean my, my my results i mean i had a i had a nice end of the season you know i i obviously i had a good start to the season i had one good tournament i felt like in the middle and then i finished strong uh but everything else in between wasn't great my game probably wasn't as bad at least to me as the results showed you know it wasn't like I was missing a bunch of cuts or I wasn't you know in 50th every week but it just was like felt like I was one round one nine hole stretch one finish away from you know having some top fives some top tens having a chance to win tournaments and I just you know would shoot 73 the last day or bogey three of my last four or her play a six hole stretch three or four over and you know those would turn into 18ths and 25ths and it's just like it was so frustrating because I knew that I was better than that and I probably worked harder than I ever have this year 
so that part's frustrating too but I mean mentally I just I got in a place mentally that I haven't been in ever I mean I uh, I mean I, I was talking to psychologists I was talking I just was like I couldn't I wasn't having any fun and to me it's I mean the competitive side is is what it is and unfortunately my I don't want to say my performance determines my mood and and whatnot but it definitely influences it you know if I'm playing well I'm obviously going to be in a in a happier mood and some people might not like that but that's unfortunately just how I am I've definitely gotten better I'm not like the little 14 year old self where I hated everything and kicked chairs and stuff but um but I just wasn't having fun and like when I was out there I didn't feel like I was going to do well and you know, I, I just, I felt like I wasn't even a very good player and I'm, and I go back and I'm like, I'm the second or third ranked golfer in the world. Like how, how could I possibly feel like this? And that's where I was like, I might have a little bit bigger things going on here. And it was, you know, especially with, you know, everybody kind of it seems like in the world kind of going through it and it's, and, um, I had, I had addressed it in the past, but it just was, I'd, ne- I'd never gotten to that level for me. So it was, felt like that along with the not very good golf it just was like I wasn't really enjoying what should be an unbelievably enjoyable lifestyle as much as I should (laughs) that makes way more sense to me five years into doing this job full-time than it would have you know when when we first started it like it 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 it, and we've touched on this a lot in the past of just it always looks like the most glamorous and fun job in the world but at a certain point it starts to wear on you and what, what did you, what did you learn, I guess, from, you know, the help that you got or whatever, you know, from that, that you, that you kind of reflect on now? I think, I mean, I, I'm so lucky and fortunate to have not only a great group of friends that, you know, I talked to a couple of them, but, um, I, I just, I do remember this one piece of advice I got is like, it's okay to feel sorry for yourself. And I think I, I would get like kind of in this, um, this mode and this mood of just like, you know, like I, I feel, I just feel so helpless and like so sorry all the time. And it's like, and I felt like I wasn't allowed to, or I couldn't be. And it's like, dude, it's okay. Like you're, you're allowed to feel that way. You're allowed. It's, you know, it's, it's a, unfortunately a part of life. Like it, just like you said, just because, I mean, there's so many people, especially with doing what I've done and, and you as well, you meet a lot of wealthy people and there's a lot of billionaires out there that are miserable. miserable. And it does not matter money does it obviously helps solve a lot of problems and whatnot but it just does absolutely nothing to do with how happy you are and it was like I felt like I I shouldn't be feeling that way I shouldn't be allowed to feel that way when in reality it's like dude if you don't feel good you just don't feel good figure it out or do something to kind of help you out or because at the end of the day if I'm not happy out playing golf then I need to take a little time off until I was but luckily I was able to play I mean I don't want to again sound like a sob story but just kind of play you know play my way through it because I just felt like same thing with my golf swing if it's not good I'm just going to kind of get it around and figure out a way to to um to succeed and get a little bit better so just um it's actually funny I I talked to a guy during the players um yeah I called a guy and, and talked to one of my buddies that week and it was just like that was like the first time the hard part for me wasn't once I got in contention, it was getting there. It was like, I felt like I can't get in contention. I can't get there. Like what's going on. And then once I got there, I just was like, felt more like myself again and back in this kind of ease and normality of like, all right, I'm, I'm comfortable again. Is there something to when you're on your way up, you know, a, a T 15 finish that has the right signs there can be that much more meaningful to you that once you've won as much as you have, 
that it's harder to find small wins. Do you see what I'm getting at there? Like it just the the results that may have been somewhat satisfying, somewhat checking the box four or five years ago, just don't do that for you anymore. And that contributes to kind of the way you're feeling. For sure. They just check different boxes. I think it's the, the, I mean, some T15s are a lot different than other T15s. I mean, I was, uh, I mean, even last week in Mexico, I mean, to, to finish third with how I felt and how I played, I mean, I was like this, I mean, I told myself Saturday night, if I somehow go on to win this golf tournament, this is going to be the most impressive win that I've had. Cause I, I, I worked so hard the week before and I just, I just couldn't quite get the consistency of like my club face control. And I was like, I've, you know, my putting it, it like it was, I was putting, I was making some putts, but it didn't feel that good. And then my chipping, it was kind of the same sort of thing. And I'm like, man, I just worked my ass off all week. Cause I really, you know, I don't want to take this as a vacation week and I get here and then I feel like this and then kind of scraped it around, got off to a terrible start Thursday and finished strong and then kind of just plotted my way around. And all of a sudden I'm like, Holy, I got a chance to win this tournament. And so I think it, it really is just different. Um, it still checks some boxes they are just different. And I mean, I think that anybody would be lying if they say that, yeah, the same, if I, the same things I was trying to accomplish my rookie year, if I accomplished them now, I would feel just as excited. I mean, I would be doing myself a disservice. And that's where, if I'm looking at your, your record over, over pretty much your, your entire career, we're just talking about your, your FedEx cup run. You went first, seventh, third, second, fourth in a five year period. Yet you're sitting here, you know, you were 22nd this year and you're sitting here coming off what you would call not a great year. How do you get better? You, you are, have been remarkably consistent. You've won, I think, 14 times now, yet you still have that hunger to get better. How, what, how do you get better once you've shown that you can be this good as it is? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It's just, I think it's, for me, it's not, uh, not completely changing a bunch of stuff. It's right. just, it's just fine tuning little things, you know, it's. Um, yeah, I may not love how my golf swing looks at times, but if it works and, and maybe just kind of tweak the one shot that gets away from me every once in a while, then that's great. You know, or it's like, if I can take, especially with all the stats now, if I can take my strokes gain from, you know, 0.435 off the tee, put that to like 0.45, like that's a big difference over the course of the year. Or if I can just get my putting from this, get, get rid of those eight bad, really bad rounds that I have over the course of the year. And I take them to this. So it's just, it's a lot of little things. And, um, unfortunately winning is, is the, what gauges most years. And, and for me, I just, I really feel like I, I should and could be playing a lot better in majors. I mean, that, that's my big thing is that I know that I'm good enough to be contending in majors and, and quite often I just haven't done that. So I think potentially just trying to find a a different way if I'm approaching them the wrong way or if I'm preparing the wrong way or what it is, but we'll figure it out and go from there. Cause that's a conversation we had sitting here two years ago, actually was, you know, you were, you were, you know, maybe a year and a half, no, two years, I guess, removed from winning the PGA. And you were quick to say like, not happy with my major championship record. In the last two years, I would venture to say you would, you would not call successful in that. But if I'm looking at it, your game, your strong iron play kind of pretty much defines your game that seems to be the thing that gets rewarded the most in major championships. So that it, it, do major championships ask a different question out of professional golfers than a normal PGA tour stop does. Um, I think it depends. I would say that it's a good question. I, I think, I think short game is what's the, is the most important thing in my opinion in majors because it's if you have a good short game you're making less bogeys 
and you know i i include putting in short games so it's like you're you're making those putts you need to make maybe making a couple more birdie putts and then all of a sudden if that's at least for me if that's going well the rest of my game seems to feel more comfortable because i don't have as much stress on that six iron that i have to hit the green kind of thing i know that's a lot of like ifs and no that, kind that of makes thing, total sense it but, frees up your ball striking a little bit if you don't fear yeah, getting it yeah. up and down. i mean obviously yeah you if if you if you asked a person who was just dead zeros across the board and everything, what would you rather have in a major? Would you rather be first in the field and approach or first in the field and around and on the green? I think it'd, it'd probably be a toss up in the majors uh, to probably depending on which one, but at least for me, I know the ones that I've contended and played well in, it's always been short game for me. Um, especially in, uh, you know, you get U.S. Opens and the PGA can kind of differ in the week, the weeks that are, are tough or, or a little easier maybe. But um, I don't know. That, that's at least, uh, at least my thought. What, I got to ask about the, uh, the, the tee shot on 16 at Sawgrass on Sunday. What do you call this, this trap draw snap driver that I've seen you bust out a couple times this year? That's somewhat new in the arsenal now. Yeah, it's, it's funny. I've always hit it off 10 at Augusta. It's, um, I don't, for some reason, I don't feel comfortable like really turning over a three wood. I can hook a five wood. I, I like turning over a five wood, but just a three wood for me when I try to draw it, I heal it sometimes. And then, I mean, I, I'm going to have 230 in on 10 off a downslope in the rough. So I don't know what it was. I just kind of went there one time and I was like, I need to turn this, but like, you got to turn it a lot. Yeah. And I don't really want to hit like a high draw because then it's just going to fly farther down that hill. And I just, I, I've always hit that little kind of bullet squeeze cut. And I'm like, what if I just, if I had to hook a seven iron or six iron, what would I do? I just close the face. So I just aim way right and I close it and just, just get it on the ground as quick as I can. That way, if it goes straight, it's not in the air long enough to really get in trouble. And I've quack hooked it before and it, it's not in the air long enough to go into the trees. So it's just like, it's just a shot that I've always, always hit on that hole. I've actually already told Bones, I'm like, I'm going to hit driver on 10 of the gust. I'm just letting you know now, so don't even try to get me to hit three wood. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, and, and I just have not really comfortably, consistently been able to just turn over a driver, especially left to right wind. And that 16th tee shot at Sawgrass is tough. Uh, if it's downwind, I can hit it high and hit it over everything, but it wasn't downwind that day. And I just, and then I started kind of hitting that shot at two on Sawgrass for the same reason. It, it needs to kind of be something that's low and it's got to be turning right to left. And on Saturday, um, it was a little in off the left. And I was like, Jimmy, I was like, what do you think about that shot in the soil? He's like, yeah, I love it. And so it was, it was no doubt what I was going to do on Sunday. And it's actually turned into a great shot for me just because, you know, it's not anything that's going to be, you know, obviously not going to carry very far. I'm not hitting like a high draw cover in a bunker, but it's like, if it just, if it, has to turn right to left and if it's remotely firm or not even firm but just not soft it's going to get out there plenty far and it's um it's really a shot that I've I've liked using so you put it in play with the five wood on 18 as well at the players right? yeah yeah <laughs> like I said I can hook the five wood <laughs> what tell me about that one have you watched the replay of that if it lands in a different way that ball goes in the water am I right I honestly after seeing the the replay makes me feel like it had less of a chance than I thought like every angle I ever see of it especially the one coming like if the tee's back here from the green mm -hmm. I mean it, it looks like it would have needed a bad bounce to go in the water and I'm like that doesn't seem possible like it was it was hooking and like but I think just be I mean it, it very it's 50 50 on if it goes in the water I still think that but I think the way that it bounced up 
made it almost look like it just kicked right. And I'm looking at this, like I, every video I look at, I'm like, all right, maybe I didn't get as lucky as I thought. But then I think about it, I'm like, who cares? Like it stayed in the fairway, whatever it worked out. But yeah, that uh, it very easily could have gone in. <laughs> A quick break here to check in with our friends at Roback. We've been hearing a lot about Roback Activewear for a while now. You guys have been telling us about them. We had to check them out. Absolutely loving what we've seen so far. First of all, their performance polos, they fit so much better than your typical boxy polos, and their four-way stretch is next level. The material, super soft, staying wrinkly-free. Their founders went through over 20 iterations of the collar alone to ensure it keeps its shape but doesn't get in the way of your golf swing. Second of all, Roback's performance Q-zips, total game changer when it comes to fall golf. They're soft, keeps you kind of freed up. You can be throwing darts all day long. They're the definition of versatile. And third, and maybe most important, Roback's performance hoodies, stretchiest and softest hoodies in golf. I'm wearing one as we speak. It may be the most performance, most comfortable performance hoodie in the game. And Roback's hoodies are popping up not only on the course, but all over the NFL. They've been gaining traction big time. We're, finally, we're pumped to finally partner with them on the podcast. So next time you see somebody rocking the Roback dog logo, just give them that subtle nod. Maybe give them a bark. or Actually, don't give them a bark. That's not in the copy at all. But you can use code NLU at Roback.com for generous 20% off your first order through the end of this week. That's R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com. That's 20% off polos, Q-zips, hoodies, and tees with the code NLU. They just dropped some new hoodies and Q-zips that will have you looking good and feeling fresh. So go check them out at Roback.com. Let's get back to JT. All right. I made it pretty far in before talking, of course, about my favorite topic, uh, Ryder Cup. I got to say, you were especially coy with me this year on the Intel front. Didn't pass along a lot of a lot of stuff on how this team was being formed. What was the process like? I, I, this being you as a leader of this team coming back, this is your second Ryder Cup, but I kind of want to know what the what the player to captain conversations process is like and filling out six spots. Half the team needed to be filled out by captain's picks. I want to know when that started and how that kind of worked. Yeah, I'm trying to think of when it uh, really would have started. I don't remember like a specific time. I mean, I would, you know, sometime early early summer, spring, you know, whatever it was. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was bizarre because, it, you know, like when we would text, I'm like, it's, it's exactly what you think. Like every, <laughs> and that's the thing is that people are, it's, it's so funny reading what people are saying online versus, you know, knowing what's going on. And it's like, well, you know, this could happen. This person's, this is these stats. It's like, but is he going to go with this guy? And it's like, well, why are you, why are you overthinking this that much? Well, it's, in it's, the past, the U.S. teams have not always done what, you know, let's get, you know, young guys on a good course fit has not always been the, the, well, the yes, way Yeah, but I would say the way that, like, the points. We have points, some scar tissue. <laughs> the, way, the way that the points and the rankings and everything worked out, it wasn't like you were you were having to jump to a 17 or 18 to get this young guy or get whatever, you know. It was, it was kind of all, at least at the end, it was all right in front of you. It was it was great conversation. I mean, I, I think that dinner we had a dinner on um, Wednesday or something of, of Atlanta, the Tour Championship, the the six guys that qualified, just talking, kind of just being transparent with the captains and, and talking about what we all wanted. And we were all on very similar pages. And I think most importantly is that we all were very confident of really any of the picks that that were options. It was like we were so fortunate it's like oh shoot do we pick the 20th ranked player in the world right. or the 23rd <laughs> ranked player? like it was you know we were very fortunate to have such great experienced or at least in terms of playing good golf and big tournaments as options so it was um it, but all of us had the same sort of method or mindset to where like strict like you you've captained teams before and you've done them well and you've been a part of these and you've played in these i'm like you 
you were the besides Tiger. You've, I mean, not that I've played in that many teams, but he's probably the most you know recent whatever player, and he he's just been a part of them not that long ago. I was like, you you know how to do this. Like, don't overthink it. Don't do anything because you feel like you have to do it. Like, your job is to get the twelve best guys that we can get in this tournament, and you got to do that at the end of the day, whether it's what we agree with or not. But you know how we all feel, and it was we were all obviously ecstatic, and I think proved it when we got there. Hmm. And that's the thing is this was I know you can only compare it to the one team that you've been on which was 2018 team but I mean 1711 in France the loss to the biggest beating in in Ryder Cup modern Ryder Cup history something changed in between then part of me still thinks it's you know we got to play better golf whatnot but a part of me thinks that the environment of the team I hate referring to it as the team room which is kind of the metaphor for just the general team chemistry but I think this is kind of I'm I think you know, in almost a decade of obsessing over this event, I'm only f- now starting to understand how that contributes to good golf. And I'm wondering if you could speak to that at all, just the the comfort level between the two teams, what, what, in what changed in the last three years? Yeah, I, yeah, you could do, I mean, team room is essentially just saying the, the chemistry of the team. I mean, it's a very just vague way of saying everything involved. And it's, I mean, it, it was, like you said, I've only put, it was only my second one. So it was, it's not like I had a lot to compare to, but it was, I mean, we had that practice session at Whistling Straits that week before. I mean, it was like, everybody came, the caddies came, the vice captains came. It was like, it was, it was extremely impressive. I mean, Strick was blown away, like how into it everybody was and how dedicated everybody was. And I mean, I was too, it was, it was a big deal. And it just, it just seemed like everybody understood and truly felt like this was a chance that we have the potential to to kind of not I don't want to say send a message or, or or set a precedent, but just get things going and for the U.S. and and do it on our home soil and do it with a a, a very new team and a, a lot of guys that could be playing in a lot of Ryder Cups in the future. And I think we just all were excited. We were hungry. Uh, we were determined, but. It was. It was such a laid back, fun week, and um, and to be perfectly honest, I think um, it's probably gonna sad, sound bad to say, but COVID helped just with not having as many functions and not having as many things to do because, I mean, we do get pulled and 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 um, and get asked to do a lot of things that week, and and having less to do, I think, was more of a normal atmosphere and tournament week for us where guys could do a little bit more of their normal routine and and um, I think that's great I mean you you know you wouldn't or you shouldn't want us to be anything outside of our comfort zone for what is supposed to be our biggest and most important event every two years so it it was great I mean it just truly was I mean France was was great we had a a, an unbelievable time for as much as we got our ass kicked it just it, it was very different it was it wasn't as much time together just because of that. You know, it was a lot of things that we were doing. We were driving a lot of different places and it just was kind of like wake up and you see the guys you're playing with, you go play, you go do two hours of media, you go take pictures for this long. You could, you go here, you hurry up, get treatment. You take your 40 minute car ride back. You hurry up, have dinner, go to bed and do it all again the next day. So it just, it was, it was different for many reasons, but, uh, but definitely for the better. And it it may have not come off great, but I think, Kepka Brooks made some points related to that in his interview that caused I think more controversy than he would care to care for it to. I think there was some some element to that that uh, kind of poked at what people have talked about in terms of how the U.S. has viewed this event individually versus team atmosphere. But there is an importance to like 
being in control of the things you're just talking about and how that it seems sounds like 2018 that caused a strain on a team that age wise was very different from this this team and and like your body I'm getting older man your bodies don't handle that stuff the same way and, and not to mention is that we had I want to say maybe eight of our 12 guys played in Atlanta the week prior yeah that was so like we were and I think they had maybe two guys three so we had eight people I mean obviously that we had the other four meet us in Atlanta but like we're traveling leave Sunday night after Tiger wins I mean, we leave at God to what one in the morning, midnight, something like that. Fly to France, and then it's like we got to go out and play practice. I mean, they they had to go through travel as well, but it just was like flying east is different. I've always say that though. Yeah, that, that, and we're all learning a course. I mean, there's no excuse. We played terrible. We we got our asses kicked, like I said. But that being said, those four days of prepping, getting ready, would have been a lot easier on us if you don't have as much to do. And yeah, I mean, that's unfortunately how it is for a lot of media stuff. Brooks's quotes did get taken out of context and it was, unfortunately you can't read the tone and, and you don't see the question behind what is the main headline and the quote, but yeah, I mean, he obviously could have worded it differently and said it a lot better, but I think some of us somewhat understood what he said. It just could have been portrayed or said a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, you know, coinciding up against a lot of what, you know, you hear out of Europe about just loving the team environment and all that. It was, it was easy fodder, I think for people to discuss, but so you and you and Jordan playing together was pretty obvious and expected. Where did you and Cantlay come from? Where, where did that, you know, what, what was that process like? Why four ball different than foursomes? Was that something that came from analytics that was dictated to you guys? Was it, because was that always the plan? I that the afternoon pairings on Friday kind of surprised most of us that follow it pretty closely, but it worked out. Yeah, I think it. it I mean, I told the captain, asked you know all of us who we want to play with, who give us some options, and I mean, I had a handful of guys, but I mean, I said I was like, if I don't play with with Jordan, I mean, I'd love to play with Patrick. We, I think we'd be a great alternate shot. To, I was like, best ball, it's fine. Put we can put me with anybody, I'll be just fine. I'm like, but. Alternate shot, there's only probably a couple guys that I would legitimately not like to, but feel like that I'm comfortable with playing. And Patrick was one, but just captain was very adamant on not playing very many guys five matches. And he he just was like, he's like, we're so deep that we really should use that to our advantage. He's like, because come Sunday, if you know, they're going to have to probably send four or five guys five matches and if we don't need to do that, we can use our depth. That way we're going to be a little bit fresher on Sunday. He's like, because singles haven't always been great to us. Because, I mean, obviously I wanted to play five. Jordan wanted to play five. We all did, but. It's unnecessary with this team. Yeah, yeah. And it, it sucks because that was the first session I'd ever sat in a team event. It's like it, it it does suck, but at the same time, you I mean, I told, I told Strick that Tuesday when we got together. It's like. Strick, I will not play till Sunday if that's what's best for the team. Like, I don't care. I just, I want you to feel like, don't send guys out there because it's like, oh, we, everybody has to play the first day. Like, this isn't a, a participation medal tournament. Like, I want, we all, our pod got in a room and we're like, you need to send out the, what is it, four matches? Yeah. I was like, you need to send out the four best teams in each format, every single format, every day. Like don't it doesn't matter how many matches they play doesn't matter how many this it, it, that is what we feel like you should do and and that's what he did it so it just kind of happened that we finished our match and unfortunately lost and um and Strick comes up to us is like Jordan you're sitting 
and Xander was sitting, and so he or no, no, Xander went out with uh, with DJ, I think it was, and then I I played with with Pat, so that, that it was something that we were both fine with. I mean, I think if if you asked Patrick, he would have rather played with Xander than me, um, but. <laughs> And Jordan and I, I know, are a really, really good best ball team, um, especially since we hounded Strick for two years on playing best ball together. Then he didn't put us together once, so maybe that backfired. <laughs> that seems like, a, again, you, you can only speak to one team, but it seems like a change in, in how things have been done in the past, right? People may be expecting to play a certain amount of matches and, and viewing – I think everyone has always wanted to win. That has never been in question. And I think I, I get upset when people kind of lazily paint, you know, that the Americans don't care about this event, any of that. I've never gotten that vibe. I've just always thought the difference has been the American players want to view it through the lens of I'm going to go play my best golf and be responsible for helping our team win versus like putting yourself at the, you know, the mercy of the captain of the team and say, I'll do whatever I can to win. And this team just felt different in that regard. And, winning and playing well helps all those things, but that feeds that environment. It's a very circular thing. That's my observation. Yeah. I think it could have been the amount of younger guys of, um, honestly not knowing any better, really. I think it's, and it was funny, Zach, who was the leader of our pod texted Jordan and I early in the week, you know, just always checking in, you know, do you guys need anything, whatever he's like, but seriously, like you guys need to be honest and talk to me if you expect or want anything this week. Like if you want to play this many matches, if you, if you're, if you're wanting this, you don't like this format, this, if you guys want to play three matches. And it was funny, Jordan responded. He's like, Zach, if I ever ask to only play three matches at a Ryder cup, you can check me into some kind of clinic because I, I don't care how bad I'm playing. I will be able to figure out how to get it around for four matches of a Ryder cup. You found something to do as well during the session that you did sit. <laughs> I did, yeah. Do you want to comment on how much beer you left in the can after the chug? Uh, I would like to comment on how damaged the beer was before I oh, got really? it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. That's why I didn't shotgun. Have you noticed Burger shotgun? <laughs> so when someone threw it, I actually have a funny story about that. Burger and I, he, because I guess that's a Wisconsin thing, you know, to, like they do it at the Bucks games where they put the, that lineman they have on it and just absolutely just houses a beer. And. He's like, should we do it? I'm like, dude, we can't chug a beer. Like, we just can't do this. And she's like, oh, come on, we got it. I'm like, dude, it's trust. It's just not a good idea. So, but we went out there and started throwing stuff up in the stands. And then they kept chanting, kept chanting. We're like, what do we do? And then two people threw two beers down. And we just kind of like looked at each other. And I'm like, I mean, we got to get these guys going. I guess we got to do it. So I picked it up. And you know, like when you like drop a Coke, how or you drop whatever, like a can, how the top will kind of come up. Yeah. So it, it bursted a hole in it. And I'm like, well, this is already open. So I feel like I got to drink it now. And, and I, so I picked, I was like, burger, let's do it. So I picked it up and since there's a hole, I couldn't shotgun it. And I turned it around and burger already had a key in it. He was like, he, he had his, his fraternity days from Florida state taken back. But no, yeah, I, uh, I knew that I wasn't going to chug it very quick. So I gronk spiked it immediately, but my, I will say though, my funny story about that is, um, and and I do want to say there was absolutely no disrespect to anybody. Like some people told us like, that's, you know, you're, that you're saying it's over or whatnot. Like we went out there for one reason that was to get the crowd going. And it's like, if we had to chug a beer, we had to, and so be it. But we didn't see strict for a little bit. Cause you know, the guys were in getting ready for their matches and burger and I went out, got them going. And, um, so they because trick was on the range on the punting green he didn't actually see the footage and i guess he did see it and i saw him as i was watching some of the matches went on the front a little bit and i saw him i think on 12 t and he just kind of like standing there and has this grin on his face 
and he just I come up to him I was like what's up Cap he's like I'm gonna have to talk about this in the media now and I go you should have played me like <laughs> it's your fault I'm like if you wouldn't have sat me this never would have been an issue so this is your own fault so you got a good kick out of that it seemed very much any blowback that there was to that was very much like oh come on we need these guys to be more passionate and into it but, but not like that no not not this way like I, I was as soon as you I, there was a moment you guys looked at each other. I remember seeing that, and I was like, "Oh God!" They had to make a quick judgment call of like, "Are we really going to do this?" Uh, and just went for it. As which soon as the hole was, was in the beer and it was spraying all over the tea, I'm like, "Well, it's it's already started. I may as well just go ahead and do this for the, for the country." It would look real bad if they had made a, a big comeback after that. Yeah, but yeah, it, no kidding. It worked out, but what what was I mean? How prepared was the team to uh, to you know? I don't want to lead you right into this, but like to deliver that big of a defeat. I mean, the talent gap was pretty evident to me. But that has not always translated, you know, to a U.S. win. You know, I'd have been fine with a one-point win. But going into it, did you guys really feel like we have an advantage for this, this, and this specific reason on this golf course, and we're, we just need to play like that? Definitely not the golf course. I mean, we felt like – I mean, we actually were kind of joking one of the practice rounds when we went, and it was so windy. And we're just kind of like looking around like – is this really where we picked for a U.S. Ryder Cup? Like, we're picking a Lynx Golf. It's not Lynx Golf. Ish. Lynx ish. Sort of. Like, we got the, all this. Conditions. Fest- There's conditions. Yes, the conditions. You, it was like, it could blow 30 out here. We're on the water where it could be 45 degrees. I'm like, this is like, this is what they grew up in, and we're really doing this to ourselves. So we, we kind of had a little bit of a moment there. Is it true Boog didn't hit a shot on that day? Like, just went out and chipped and putt? Because he's like, the, the wind was different direction. The one really windy day, it was different direction than you were going to get. Patrick didn't hit a shot Okay. Uh, one day. I think, I don't know if Boog did. He's on another planet, yeah. so I, I wasn't in his group that day. But Europe wouldn't played 18 that day or something, and I was like, man, that is a, a – Oh, oh, a pra- an actual practice, practice round. round. Yeah, 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 yeah Boog, yeah, we were just going to do nine holes, and he just was like – it. Yeah, he's like, I'm not even going to – it was so windy. He, he didn't he didn't hit any or play any that day. I think, yeah, they, they were a little condition element, but it also seemed like there were – you guys had a ball-striking advantage, especially mid to long irons. It, just, it felt that way, and there were so many shots out there that required like – Dude, like, step up and hit a really good five iron. And that was a really good strength of the team. I saw that on display on seven and 17 were the and were the big ones that were just – and three even. of just like, dude, you got to stand up and hit this shot. And I, I don't have the numbers in front of you, but it seemed like those were the holes you guys really had an advantage. Yeah, it, it just was um, – it felt like the, the course – a lot of us, when we got there, you know, you have your analytics, your stats guys. But, I mean, Jordan and I went there, and we knew that I was going to tee off odds. He was going to tee off evens and – and we kind of got in the meeting, and they're like, yeah, you know, things are better if you guys tee up. We're like, yeah, we know. Like, it's, We've already gone over that, and we've decided it. Before. I floated that theory to you weeks before. Well, it, yeah, <laughs> and Jordan had, had told me before we'd even talked about it. He'd gone through the whole course, and he's like, you, you got the iron shots here. I got the, the right-to-left holes. You got these left-to-right drives. And I'm like, whatever you say, Parge. But it wasn't like we had this, you know, we're, we're having these talks and stuff, you know, like we're going to crush them this week. We're going to do this. It yeah. just was like everybody was comfortable and was was confident and it seemed businesslike it exactly just ex- it's just ex- expected in the in the least cocky way i would say yeah we just we all truly just went out to like just go win your point go win your match and you know be there for your teammates and and just help in any kind of way that you can and i think that's what we did Jordan was pretty direct afterwards in saying that he thinks, you know, there's big time unfinished business when it comes to winning in Europe. This one, I mean, it, it felt like you guys should win and that you guys, you did, you took care, you took care of business. 
How prepared is this group to win in Italy? Do you have to do anything differently to win abroad? Can you just pick up what we just did and do that over there? Or is something have to, what, how do you prepare differently or do you? I, I don't know. I mean, we joked, we, on Sunday night, we're like, if we could just, we asked Strick, like, can we just sign this, this team to, to go play in Italy in a couple of years? But I mean, like you said, we played great. The course fit us well. It, um, it, it just, it seemed like everything worked out pretty well. And obviously having your, your home crowd and all the motivation we had helped, but you know, I don't, at least for, I don't think we know the golf course very well. I don't know what it's like. You know that they're going to set it up to favor them a bunch. But at the end of the day, if we have a group of golfers that are just as good as you know we were a couple months ago, then I feel confident that we'll be able to figure out how to play it. It's just uh, a matter of going out and executing at that point. But I definitely feel like the difference, a massive, massive difference of this year in France is that we made a lot of those putts we needed to make. I mean, I – I remember just watching so many Ryder Cups growing up and even, you know, my first couple of years as a pro, just seeing the amount of putts the Europeans made versus the U.S. And that's just such – I mean, Rom did it to us so many times in our first match, and Jordan and I. I mean, we, we played so well, and we just couldn't hold any of those putts. And we had so many times where we were inside of them, and they were putting for the same thing, and, and Rom would hold a long putt, and then we would miss like a 10-12 footer, and it just – takes so much of the momentum out and um, that was the biggest difference for the week I think well on to a, a different note I want to I just want to thank you for all of the behind the scenes info you've given me on all the new potential leagues you've really spilled the beans and given me more information <laughs> than I than I know what to do with here you know you're the you're the go-to expert here but I do want to ask you about this and and for those that are not familiar with you uh, you've, you've been pretty dismissive of, of, of basically everything both publicly and privately if I may say but what do you play for what what's important to you Open-ended question. It's just tro- trophies, history. I mean, winning tournaments, winning majors. I mean, that's just. Um, I mean, to have your your name in the history books uh, and just you know name on major chip championship trophies and, and just being in is a part of golf history um, is is honestly what's important to me. Because I struggle sometimes watching pro golf, not knowing what guys are playing for. I don't know if they're playing for the money. I mean, do you have? Do you have? A, 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 I don't know how to ask this. Of course, the answer isn't yes. But like, do you feel like, hey, I've got the money. I got the money that I need. I don't need to go play for obnoxiously more amount of money because I, I like what I'm doing. Is that a fair fair assessment of your stance? I've never, I've literally never thought or said that to myself once, but I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. It's just, it's, it it is. I mean, it's not necessarily just golf. I mean, I would say you could find basketball players, you could find, you know, baseball, football players that are just like, oh, you know, like I just want to go get that one more contract. And it's like, dude, like you've made a, a 230 million in your career. Like what's this 30 extra million? Like, you know, you're not any good. I shouldn't say not any good. You're not as good and you're not at that same level as you were you're maybe seventh or eighth year but it's just like and then there's some guys that are like you know i have another couple really good years of in me and you know and then after competition. that exactly and it's just it's and everybody's different and there's nothing wrong with it it's um it's just me personally um unless i mean knock on wood unless things really go south and and i need to fire all my financial advisors i <laughs> will not be going out to play, you know, a couple of years just because I feel like I need some more cash. You know, it's, it's just I, I want to go out and I just – that's probably why I was so disappointed with this year is I, you know, I obviously won the players, which is a huge accomplishment and, and stepping stone for my career. But um, I obviously would like to win more than once. And, um, 
and that's probably why why it was like that. How do you see these developments playing out? And where it's still very blurry as to what it might look like—the Premier Golf League, you know, the you know Super League Golf or whatever that is—all of the rumblings that are going on, actions that have been made by the PGA Tour, introducing the PIP, the players' purse is going up, FedEx Cup money is going up, people are getting fifty thousand dollars bonuses for playing fifteen events. It seems like. At minimum, the tour is going to be stronger from this. But what do you, in your mind, what do you see happening? You know all these guys. You've talked to some of them. What, what do you see happening? Uh, yeah, and I think that, especially if the tour is smart and if Jay's smart, which he's proving to be, is that it, it, we're just going to better our product. And that's the hope. And, I mean, at the end of the day, I'm going to go and play wherever the top players are and wherever I need to go. You know, it's like if – nine of the top 10 decide to go play or, or seven to 18 of the top 20 decide to go play in a different tour. Like I'm, I, I don't have a choice. You know what I mean? Like I want to play against the top players in the world and, and have a chance, like I said, to, to win tournaments against the best players in the world. But we're just continuing to grow the product so much, I think on tour and it's just getting better. And to me as a player, it's just getting extremely frustrating. And I know it is for you too. And you've even texted me of, of rumors you're hearing not only about others, but about me. And it's like just the stuff that's getting thrown around that is so blatantly false is frustrating because in one, I would say it's pretty unappealing to me because, you know, I'm hearing things that are being said that I said that I've never spoken before. So it's like, who's the person that is relaying or, or putting this information out? And two, how do you think that's a good way to go about business? You know what I mean? And like, I don't know if it's a player, if it's an agent, if it's someone from these organizations or what it is, it's just unfortunate. And I don't, and you hate it. You would hate to see it get to the point where someone ends up potentially getting in trouble for one of these rumors that starts. And, and I've just gotten to the point now, whenever I hear anything that's regarding a player, I just, before even answering the person, I just immediately call the player. I don't, I don't talk to their agent. I don't talk to a buddy. I don't talk to a caddy. I'm like, Dude, I heard this. You you can tell me as little or as much as you want, but I'm sick of hearing it from someone else. I want to hear it from you. And they tell me and tell me whatever they want, and then that's the end of the conversation. So that's just kind of where I'm at. And, I mean, the thing is, is nothing is necessarily off or on the table. It's just it's everything always has a possibility. But at the end of the day, I mean, as long as the, the game of golf is in the best possible place in every area imaginable um like i think the pga tour is is only going to continue to keep going and that's where i and i would think a lot of the top players want to be hmm. let's go through name by name of all those conversations you had <laughs> yeah. then and give, give me exactly yeah, what you yeah, got sure. no, but yeah it is a uh yeah it's incredibly it, it, it there there's smoke there in terms of like it seems like if blah blah if john smith takes a meeting or john smith's agent takes a meeting with this the Saudi golf league, whatever it is, it becomes to the next guy. Well, John Smith is in. If, if you want to, that seems to be a very real thing that is going around. And the, I'm just amazed by how far along some of the rumors seem and the information seems. And then you go directly to like people that are as close to it as you possibly could imagine. They're like, well, that's not what I'm here. I'm like, well, wait a second here. The most, the people with the best possible sources seem to be the most confused. It is. It, it's so, yeah, like you said, I mean, you'll hear someone that's like, he is 100% this. Yeah. And I talked to that person. He's like, I am 100% that. I'm like, <laughs> how can these two people, or how can this person who says that this person is 100% be literally as far as you can possibly get right. from what they say? So it's just, it's bizarre, man. It really is. And, um, you know, I think 
it, it's been a it's been a crazy. Another thing is like the the whole like a huge announcement coming next week. Like the amount of times I've heard that and and I've heard one announcement. So it's just it's. My big thing is I've tried not to get wrapped up in it because me playing good golf is what's most important for me um, at the moment. And you know, there's definitely times where you're you're I'm gonna continue to have conversations with players and different people because I you know it's my right as a as a person and as a basically an owner of my own brand to know as much information as I can. But once it comes around and near tournament time, that's the only thing I'm focused on. So would you would you say that? you know, among the top players on the PGA tour, there's not a, there's not general dissent into how things are being conducted on the PGA tour. There's not a, you know, this has to change. I know each person probably thinks of it differently, but you, you don't, I don't get the sense from you that you think that there is a, you know, a bunch of major issues that need to be addressed on the PGA tour. No, I, there's not, there's, there's things that, that, yeah, that could be addressed, but it's not like a, you know, I've never had the thought of going to Jay, like if this and this isn't changed, I'm out. You know, it's it's like, hey, you know, this can get better and this can get a little bit better. Or, you know, I heard this idea from so-and-so and what do you think about that? And, and I've heard great points from different players about uh, just about potentially, you know, whether it's just having more transparent conversations. And I think that's, that's what's been eye-opening for me, not only being a part of the pack, one, how long it takes for things to change. You know, I think a lot of people think like, Hey, you know, I want this. This has got to go. It's like, well, what do you think? He's just going to like at Houston this week. It's going to change. Like it, it can't, it can't happen like that. And it needs to go through this. It needs to go through the board that needs the tour needs to, it just, a lot of things need to happen, but it just, it doesn't matter who you are. If you're, if you're, you know, John Rahm, myself or the 125th FedEx ranked player on the tour, like if you feel a certain way about it, you need to have a conversation with, with Jay, Andy Pazzer, Ross Berlin, the guys that work for the tour, like as much as it, 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 it it don't mean it in a, in a, um, in like a disrespectful kind of way, but they work for us, you know, that you need to ask them questions or if you truly legitimately feel a certain way, you need to let them know because if you don't say anything, nothing can ever happen yeah. kind of thing. And it seems like there is action and it, it does seem like though the tours overall structure, like you're, like you're saying makes it hard for one things to some things are just impossible based on the idea of a member run organization, you know, that's a charitable organization and, and whatnot. And it, you know, you can't just all of a sudden snap your fingers and choose where the money goes based on personalities and sure. the pip is there, but it's not as easy as, you know, it, it, first, I don't, it doesn't seem like that's as that big of a game changer for people anyways. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, definitely. Especially through the all COVID and, and us playing with, I mean, the hit that the economy took. And, and I mean, I, I was always very against the reserves that we had. I felt like, I mean, I'll be the first to admit that, you know, I felt like we should have been playing for that money. It should have been there. And then I saw what it saved a lot of guys and, and how the tour was basically able to, to remain as strong as it was. And, you know, we didn't have any of the, like the other sports, how they took, I mean, obviously because it's run differently and not through the, I guess you could call it like revenue share type thing, but it all stayed the same because of how the tour has gone through that. And yeah, there's always going to be things that can get better, but I think Jay and, and team of are doing a good, really, really good job of continuing to try to improve the product as much as they can. I'm confused with what I even want to see now as a golf fan, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah. 
Uh, so we're coming up on almost a year since uh, you were heard on camera uttering a gay slur in Hawaii. What what have you learned from, since from that situation? That was in January of this past year. We're speaking here in November. Uh, what have you learned from that situation? Um, a lot, a lot about myself. I mean, I, I would definitely say and and like to think that I've grown a lot as a person. I mean, I've I've had a lot of really awkward and uncomfortable conversations, but um, it's it's just probably more so opened up my eyes and, and honestly made me just realize some things about myself. Honestly, I think I, I was a little bit of a, almost like a hypocrite, if you will, because I would see people make these mistakes or I would see things, whether it was online or whatever it was. And I think it's so easy nowadays for people to just attack the person or just be like, he's an idiot. Like, what is he doing? He's got no idea what's going on. But then I flip it around and, and then that happened to me, or I shouldn't say that happened to me. I, I did that. I made that mistake. And then I'm expecting people to not do the same thing to me. And it's just like, I'm like, I, I witness it. People literally make mistakes all the time. I'm not in no way, shape or form defending myself, but it was almost just more of a, of like a dude, you got to be realistic with everything that's going on. Like, yeah, I screwed up. But at the end of the day, I, I truly do believe everything happens for a reason. And it was extremely difficult to figure out for a couple months what kind of positive could come of this. But I, I developed a lot of great relationships because of it. I, I got even tighter relationships with a lot of my partners, um, with a lot of my friends. It, it just kind of opened my eyes, I guess, if you will. And I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, insanely different than a failure in golf or a sport, but it's still a failure in my life. But just like I treat my failures in my golf as I try to learn from it. And I felt like, although it took me a while just because of the state of mind I was in, um, I was just like, once I was able to kind of sit down with, you know, my team and, and friends around me, like, all right, let's just kind of take this time to learn and try to get better from it. Because that's, you know, after the, after you've already made the mistake, that's all you can do. Yeah. And, uh, that's what I felt like I did. Marrying two things together here from what we were talking about earlier from you feeling like you didn't quite feel like yourself this year or had, you know, I, I don't know what you would want to call that, but is it easy to link the two things in terms of what the last year has been like that this incident contributing to a year where you, you know, maybe were not you're in your best mental state? It was a lot of things. I mean, I definitely, I would say that that was the, the root of uh, a lot of it. Um, it just, it, that was definitely one of the moments where I'm like, you know, why is this happening to me? Why is this? And that's kind of the feeling sorry for yourself and whatnot. And that's no way exactly to think about things, but then, you know, it's not something I, I, it's not like after a couple of weeks I got over, but something as I was starting to at least be able to, you know, have a, a couple hours in a day where I didn't think about it of how I screwed up and how I let all these people down or whatever it was, but it just was, I was able to somewhat kind of normally live my life again. It was like, okay, getting back into it. And then, you know, everything happens to my grandpa. And then it's like, okay, like this unbelievable. This is happening. It's like, didn't so out of the blue. So just random. And then it's like, okay, then everything happens with tiger. And it's just, it's, it was all this stuff that was kind of going on. It just was like, this is going to be the worst year of my life. Like it doesn't seem like any, any of this should be happening or or any reason but again it's just it's, it's just a part of life like stuff like that happens to people all the time um it just uh, so happens to be that i was at where i was in my career and it, the age i was at the places i was at so be it and um and it, i truly do think that 
I mean, it still affects me, but it's just, it's, I'm going to somehow be stronger and I am stronger because of it. It's just, it's like anything. It, it takes work. It takes time. And yeah, it's one of those teachable moments that I can obviously for myself, but hopefully for others as well. What is the latest with Tiger? Have you seen much of him since the accident? I'm actually kind of, kind of not stunned, but you know, he's been as off the radar as much as he has. And in terms of buzz and interest from golf fans, it seems like it's kind of surprising. What's, what's your, how has this changed your guys' relationship or what, what do you see of him? No, it's good. I mean, I, I'd say I probably go over and see him two or three times a week when I'm home, just wow. go, go more so to let our dogs play and hang out. And he wears our pup out, but, um, no, I mean, yeah, he's doing well. I mean, especially all things considered. I think he's, uh, I mean, he's, it's Groundhog Day. Every day is the exact same thing for him. But at least he's able to, you know, pictures are going around of him at Charlie's tournament and, you know, Sam's soccer tournaments here and there. So he's able to be, you know, a dad somewhat again, which is most important. You know, he, he's still his sarcastic asshole self, so nothing's changed there. So I'm glad to see that he's, uh, he's still chipper as always. I have long called for golf fans to just, you know, give the golf a break when it comes to Tiger, but they're going to kill me if I don't ask, does golf enter the, does golf enter the conversation as to what, what the future that might be close near term or short term at all? I don't know. I mean, I know that he's going to try. I just, I, I don't see, I don't see him ever playing if he can't play well. You know, I, I, he doesn't strike me as a guy that's like, you know, he's played at home and he, he's shooting a bunch of 75 and 76s and he's like, all right, I'm going to go give Augusta a try this yeah. year. Like, that's just not really going to be him, at least at least to my understanding or, or from what I know of him. You know, he's I think he knows that, you know, there's a there's a pretty good chance that that was kind of that might be the last chance he really ever had of before that of, of kind of making another run. But at the same time. I know how determined he is, and I know he's going to want to at least try to to give something again. I mean, obviously, I hope he does, but um, at the same time, I, like I said, kind of after the accident, as long as he can be a dad and be normal with that again, that's the number one priority, and and the rest is a bonus. I would say I've officially learned my lesson, and I will. I just won't do it again. Won't ever call him done. Won't do it. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I, yeah. I, 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 it it can be a point oh oh one, whatever it might be, but. Gosh, it was definitely .001 at certain times when it came to the back and 2019 happened. So that's all. Else. But I'm with you there. It's kind of like, dude, you've given us golf fans in terms of, you know, just speaking for them, you've given us a lifetime, a career's worth of memories. And I, you don't know the golf fans, anything else. If if you do it for yourself, then uh, that's, that's a different thing. But, for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even if it's something like – you know, when he's feeling good again, he just goes and rides around with Charlie at the father-son. You know, it's just something to where he, he wants to be a dad and and enjoy those moments with him and, and hopefully watch him, you know, potentially be playing and go watch Sam in her soccer tournaments. Or She's such, a, you know, an athlete and how smart she is to be a part of her life. And it's just that's what he wants to do. And it's, um, you know, he, he's got his competitive side, like you said, is not going to let him just hang it up without at least giving it a try at some point, I'm sure. How do you looking ahead? How do you think uh, 2022 major venue set up for you? What do you know about them, and uh, how do you think that sets up for you? Um, let's see. The U.S. Opens at Brookline. I like that place a lot. I play. I missed the cut there in the USAM, but I really like the the course. St. Andrews, my I love first first ever professional round of golf was at St. Andrews. What was that? The the Dunhill Links. Yeah. And then the where's the PGA? Southern Hills. In Southern Hills. Yeah, I've never been to I've never been there, so I'm I've watched it and I've heard it's an unbelievable course. So I'm excited to check it out. But yeah, I mean, I think they 
set up for me pretty well. It's just all about, you know, just kind of getting there and then seeing what you got. I mean, I think the open is just getting – I'm due for a good draw. I've really gotten some bad draws in the open. And you I, are I just, keep track of the draw guy. I am too, but you you and Jordan both are keep track of the draw I'm guy. I'm not <laughs> remotely close to him, but at the – if the open is the only one I keep track of, and it's I, I have yet to be on one of them that is not once. No, but there's there's been like two or three that's they're like you know very close, but like I I've not been on you know a, sorry a four or five shot difference. Like Burkdale one that one was atrocious. <laughs> Grinded my tail off for like a t fifty four or something. When I think of Burkdale, I think of the shot where you, am I remembering it right? Where you uh, were in the fescue and your your hands fell completely off the club. Yeah, I didn't. Ha- yeah, I just like my club. Yeah, fell out when I was like on the way down and my club like stuck in the fescue behind me and I followed through with no. Cl- I mean, yeah, it was it was a disaster. Uh, Greens books being banned. What are your thoughts on that? I, I'm fine with it. I mean, I love it. I think it's, um, I think it's, to me, it's gotten to, I mean, I, I totally understand the whole, especially a lot of the aim point guys and a lot of the, the, they say it's, you still have to hit the putt. You still have to hit the speed and whatnot, but it's like, I feel like when I first heard about aim point and learned it, it was, you spent time at home. You you learned the slopes yourself to where you kind of trained your, your, memory and your feel to what a slope was and then when you were at a tournament you were able to go out and feel that you didn't have something to where you didn't necessarily even have to step you just open up a book and you're like all right it's a three you pull out some chart and you're like all right it's 17 inches out and then boom you line it up 17 inches it's to me that's not golf I mean it's still I took again I understand the argument of people saying you still have to hit the pod you still have to understand aim point and whatnot but I mean, look at it like Augusta, you know, it's, 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 it's golf. It's, it's feel that's, it's a, what a lot of putting is it's, um, it doesn't feel right for somebody to be standing on a green and reading a book instead of it's one yardage books are different. It's like, this is information about things you can't see in the distance, right? For sure. And I think that is important, especially at the highest level of the game. The amount of time you guys spend in your yardage books is it's for a reason. But if you are literally standing on this, I think greens books, I find them most helpful for approach shots on courses I don't know that well, like back right pin. Okay, can I feed this there? How can I get there? Where do I not want to leave it? I think that is still acceptable, but when you get to the green, pulling out books to read it just feels off, feels wrong. Yeah, and at the same time, like you said about approaches, I I use them, same sort of thing, kind of like where I want to leave it, but also – I don't like the fact that you, it feels like you don't even need to play practice run anymore. Like in, in reality, you have a picture book now that tells you exactly where the runouts are on the pictures. And then you can get to a green and be like, Oh, well it does that over here and that over here. I can't, apparently I can't go over there because this it's, it's sloping that way versus, you know, I might have bones who's caddied this place 20 times or me who's played this place seven times. And, I'm sorry, but I should have an advantage over a rookie. Like I've been here seven times and he's caddied here a bunch. And, and that's, that's an advantage in my eyes. And if his caddy or that player wants to go out and spend the time to whether it's rolling balls or, or hitting a lot of shots around the greens to learn it, then so be it. But I don't know. I, I feel like I, I personally think, I mean, I was a big advocate of it. I mean, I would, I much rather see the arm bar get rid of before that. Than, there we go. Let's yes. That. <laughs> but, um, but the wording was a little bit easier to get right for 
for the greens books than that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a, the next question was any other rules that should change, and I think that yeah, I think you covered that. Yeah, I would love the arm bar to go away tomorrow. That 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 you feel that strongly about it? Yeah, I don't think it's to people say it's not anchoring. I don't understand how that could possibly be an argument. Like it's literally up against your arm. Yeah, I guess I um, feels like a weird technicality that could have been addressed when the anchoring the belly yeah, putter rule. Yeah, exactly. Came in and, it's kind yeah. of. Yeah, it, it's it would have been so easy to just be like, oh yeah, you just can't you can't have it anchored anywhere but your arm. You can anchor it on your arm. So it just seems like it's it would be um, I don't know. I guess I've it takes it takes a lot of the 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 wrist, the the nerves. I mean, anything inside of ten feet seems like it's a lot easier to stroke. And but then people say if it's that easy, why don't you do it? And it's like, well, it's, it doesn't work for me. I mean, I just. It's not like I'm saying, oh, I like it harder. I'd much rather golf be harder, but it just doesn't work for me. But I don't think that someone, because they maybe necessarily have a little something going on at the end of their stroke, should be able to just throw it up against their arm and it goes away. What's uh, what's golf look like for you in the next two months? What are you, uh, or how are you going to spend your time after the end of this crazy 15 month stretch, whatever it's been? Um, starting like literally from now, the next couple months, I'm going to sure. play hero. I'm going to play father-son with dad. Uh, I'm going to do Kapalua. Um, I might add Tori this year. I'll do, what am I doing? Then it's Phoenix, LA. And then after that, I'm not not sure. And then it gets in that tough, tough area in Florida. But You taking some downtime off while you're home for the next couple months in between events? or Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll be off. I'm, I'm usually... During this time of year, I want to do nothing but take vacations. And after this year, that's the last thing I want to do. Like I'm, I'm enjoying this time at home so much. Um, it's it's really been uh, it's been great. Just got a couple things here and there. We have a place in uh, in Nashville. We're gonna go for Thanksgiving for me and uh, my new fiance Jill. Uh, her family's going, so um, we're gonna go there. And then. Is that information public yet? It's not, no. Remember when I t- told you I couldn't do something a couple weeks ago? Oh, <laughs> yeah. gosh. Congratulations. Yeah. I did not know this. Yeah, thank you. But um, <laughs> Now I don't have to give you shit for wondering why this hasn't happened yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, yeah, just probably her doing a lot of wedding planning and me just uh, no, chilling and keep no, playing no, golf. No, no, no. You're off to a bad start there. You got to be involved in the wedding planning. I, I, I learned that, that part as well. So... All right. Well, thanks. Uh, I'm glad we can get back on our regularly scheduled programming and doing this once every fall. Last, I know 2020 threw a, a wrinkle in it, but uh, thanks for having me down for uh, always enlightening uh, conversation and uh, look forward to seeing what's next for you. Sure. Yeah, man. You got it. Thanks. Be the right club. Be the right club today. Yeah. I mean, that's better than most. How about him? That is better than most. Better than most! Expect 